Dying for Media. Just a little note to let you know that we will be talking about death in this series, and some names and information have been changed. Talking about death is never comfortable, but our goal is to make it less scary. So maybe give it a try and listen with care. Peggy! Hi! Hi. You know what's funny is I listen to our podcast and how we say hello to each other. Yeah. And then I call you on the phone (laughs) and I go, Peggy! Hi! And it's exactly the same. (laughs) So it's no different. (laughs) It's who we are. It is. It's not the podcast hello. It's the Peggy Nikki hello. So hi. I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too. So do you remember... Um, I think, it, I don't know when it was in one of our past episodes, we talked about that movie Terms of Endearment, which is yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. I rewatched it. You did. I had to because God, we've been talking about so death so much and yeah. about those sort of last moments. I'm like, I think I need to rewatch that movie. Mm. And I did. And it was so freaking good. Did you ball again? You know, I didn't ball this time oh. because I was just really like oh. almost over alert watching. Like for a the study. New, yeah. Like a study. A little okay. bit. Because it is one of my favorite movies, but I was trying to figure out the why. Like, why do I love this movie so mm. much? And I think I figured out that it's super complex. Yeah. Right, right when you think it's going down one road, then it pivots and the relationship, like, right, they're having a loving moment and then it goes back to toxic and then it goes back to loving and toxic. And I thought, that's so interesting because that's what I felt about the end scene, the death scene, and the big climax scene. It was loving, yet it was also kind of oddly uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, yeah. and I kind of, I rewatched it and I thought to myself, wow, I, I did they, like, did they get resolution at the end of the movie? I don't know. I don't know either. Well, I was but curious. But isn't that real life? This is how yes. things really are. That's part of the reason why I think I figured out why I love this movie so much because they had a really deep love, the mother and the daughter. If you haven't right. seen Terms of Endearment, by See the way, it. you should go Come watch it. Shirley MacLaine. Deborah Winger. Deborah. Come on. <sighs> Jeff Daniels. So yeah. good. Oh, so good. They had this deep, loving relationship, but also really toxic and very messy. Yep. And then I felt like her passing was deep and loving and beautiful, but also a little uncomfortable and messy. Yes. And that's why I loved it. Especially the kiddos. Oh, that was hard. Right? Yeah. So you expect the kid was so angry. Oh, he comes in and And says, what what happens? Really? Does that happen a lot? Yes, it does. It does. But the kids come in, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with it. They're trying to figure it out and all their feelings are just washing up. Yeah. You know? And they can get defensive and everything just like grownups. It was just... It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. I need so to watch it again too. Will you? Yeah, and I'm report going to. back. I so, will. Um, what I loved is it just didn't feel like a Hollywood ending. It didn't feel like a <laughs> reconciliation. Everything's pretty. I mean, there were beautiful moments, but it was in the midst of the mess. And the the one thing that I remember about the movie that everybody remembers, because yeah. I think it's part of why Shirley MacLaine won the Oscars, right. that scene um, when she comes in, Aurora, the mom, and, and screams at the nurses, I am my daughter needs her oh, medicine! Yeah. Like that. And she's all just disheveled, yes. right? Isn't like she always yes. wore like a fall yep. and it was off and yeah. It's a mess. And she, um, oh, you know, just pounding her fist. And, and I realized, oh, that's the first time in the movie that I felt like she was really being that mother. Right. And it was at the tail end. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes things don't happen during life. When we, I don't know. It just, it just brought up so many time, feelings. Most of the time they don't happen that way, you know? And that's why that movie's so great because it doesn't give you that Hollywood ending where no. it's like 
Dad, I love you. Son, I'm sorry for everything I did. And da 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 da. And this big, oh, you know, and everyone nope. and has this, you just turn to the side and die and everything's just fine. It's not like that. No. It's messy, just like your life, huh. right? Yes. So after watching the movie, Pegs, I wanted to call you. Mm. I was like, oh, but then I saved it. Save it for the show. <laughs> nice. Right? <laughs> there is this idea mm-hmm. that at the end of your life, you sort of come to terms with it all and you receive this enlightenment and all the loose ends are tied up and it's just this beautiful closure moment. And I wanted to ask you in your experience, how often does that really happen? It Sometimes. Hmm. It does sometimes happen. You know, I've seen that. But you die the way you lived. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have sort of a a tied up life yeah. in a way. For yourself. For yourself, it's not going to all of a sudden just happen <laughs> on your deathbed. It's not going to get unmessy. So I was thinking, as you asked, as we were talking about this, I was thinking of a, <laughs> a case I had that is like a perfect example of this. Yeah. And it was, oh my God, it was so bonkers. It was like... I was in the the throes of a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills <laughs> episode or something. It was just so bonkers. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Oh. I'm Nikki Boyer, and my friend Reverend Peggy has helped guide nearly 2,000 people through their last moments of life on Earth. Emotional, beautiful, peculiar, supernatural, shocking. These are those stories. This is near death. So when I worked in hospice, I would go into homes, right? Because it was in-home hospice. And uh, I went to this dying guy's mansion. I mean, it was just fantastic, huge, beautiful mansion. I was like, oh my God, this place is stunning. And I walked in and I and I went up to his room. It was set up like a hospital room in there. So he had every like 24-hour care. He was very mm-hmm. well cared for. And there was the room was full of women. When I come in and the room is full, I want to know who who are the characters in the room, right? I want right. to know who everybody, what's their role. So I come in and there was a woman probably in her early 80s, stunning, fabulous, you know, well-heeled woman. And I said, how, how do you know John? And she said, oh, I'm his wife. Oh, okay. And then I went to another woman um, that was right by the bed too. And she was maybe in her 60s. And I said, and how do you know John? And she said, oh, I'm his wife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then I went to this woman, 40s, gorgeous, you know. I said, and how do you know John? And she said, I'm his wife. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, okay, nice to meet you. What mm-hmm. the heck's going on? And then I get to this this gorgeous, she's like 24, just stunning, you oh. know, like a Playboy bunny, right, kind of girl. And I said, and who are you? How do you know John? And, and, and she said, I'm his wife, his current wife. Oh, my god! And I was like, what <laughs> is going on? Wow. A lot four, of information. A lot of information. At and first it was just I was like, like ding, is he ding, ding, polyamorous? Like, is it multiple I know. Wives? That's what I was thinking in my head. I'm thinking, this is weird. Like, you know, I just, I didn't know we had this thing going on in Beverly Hills like this. I didn't know this was a thing. And right? then you're like, oh, current wife. That current means. wife. So they didn't say ex-wife. They no. said wife. That's weird. They all said wife. Weird. And they what? said it with such conviction. Like, oh, I'm his wife. Oh, I'm his wife. 
almost a little competitive. Do you know what I mean? Like as it kept going, like the younger they got. Literally, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So wait, so we got a new wife like every, what, 15 years? Yeah, something like that, 15, yeah. Here's my okay. Take me back and he's to John. Like Eighty four. Yeah. Okay. So Which, the first what's one up was with John. How, where is John in this situation? Is he like? Is he like alert? He <laughs> was fine. He's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. You know. And then he sort of reached out for me, and I, I shook his hand. He kissed my hand. I was like, oh, okay, this guy. Oh, yeah. You're right. like, and he like, was like so handsome. Okay. He was like a Sean Connery type. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. the older guys that are just really He's like, handsome. hey, this Chaplin Peggy, wife number five. It's not too late. Got some time here. I'm on hospice. <laughs> oh, my God. Why did he, like, did he ask for spiritual care? Like, how, what happened? How did you end up there? Well, you usually, you go as like a consult. Okay. Right? When they, when they take on the case, they, they send the whole team at one point or another, like social work. The doctor, the nurses, the nursing assistants, the chaplain. We go and we say, I'm here. I'm part of the team. Um, this is, you know, I'm here to support you spiritually. And and um, and then I just got pulled in. So then they just wanted. They All wanted right. me to be a part right. of it. So right. take me in. Take me in. So John's with it. You meet the four wives and like, tell me everything. <laughs> well, he soon, like, I think I met him one time where he was responsive, where he was awake. And then I thought, from my experience at hospice, that yeah. he was going to die pretty fast. Okay. Because it went really fast. Oh. So he was charming and darling and present and everything. And then the next time I came by, he wasn't talking anymore. Okay. And he was just being pampered by them, the, the wives. So they were always there, all four of them, which every time I went, all of them were there. Okay, what? Okay, I'm just, wait, why were they all there? I'm curious. It was this thing where I guess they all like had holidays together or it was like really enmeshed and they were supposedly friends. Like, okay. Because one of them was like, oh, we love each other. We all love each other. We all get along. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Did you buy that? No. <laughs> why? No way. Why? 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 Because why? like, <laughs> really? I mean, I've never been married, so I don't have any... <laughs> Ex spouses, <laughs> but would you want to be? Hell, okay, no. all right. And That's I've been married <laughs> before. No, like no. I think the idea is you all want that, but it, it's too um, layered and messy. And I commend the people that can do it. Like, congrats. But like, it's just so. I just wow. Okay, it look. just got. It went down the rabbit hole. The the closer he got to death, it got more unraveled. And more desperate, I bet. And more desperate. Okay. Right? And this guy was this ginormous, successful narcissist guy, right? I mean, he just kept, right? Yeah. He was really something in okay. the world. So take me into the room. Like, give me an episode of The Real Housewives. Oh, like, what went down? What did you witness while you were trying to give this guy spiritual care? Which, well, actually, he was... I think you were probably there for the ladies more so. I think so. I was there for the ladies because after I met him the first time, I never spoke with him again, okay, right? Because so he was already. But they just started to get like every day the outfits got more fabulous. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, <laughs> this is interesting because this isn't usually the way it goes. The outfits got more fabulous. They had like they had champagne in there. Oh. You know, they're standing around talking to each other, having champagne. They're visiting, they're gossiping, blah, 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 blah. And then they're all just like around his bed. You know, he's got this big bed, like this big king size bed. And they're all like the you know, like the young one, the 
current, would right. like crawl up and curl into him, you oh. know, and pet him. And then the other older wife would lean in and pet him. And they were just like, oh, John, John. And they were just talking to him. And they're like, oh, I loved him the most. I loved him the most. And they're saying this to I you? I was his favorite oh wife. <laughs> I was, Peggy, you can tell, right, that I was the favorite. Tell me he loved me the most. And then it got into this thing where it just like, what is happening? They all started doing that. You know, my child was the most beautiful one. No, my, yeah, and all this stuff. And they were just like, oh, he loved me. He brought me here. I went to Paris. We went to Paris. I don't know. It just kept going. And I'm like, wow. Like a competition. Like, like a they comp- were like peeing on him while he was yeah, like dying. They, like, no, was me. A, no, it's mine. It was no, a competition. Mine. And the guys just there, you know, was just laying there. Whoa. Basically, he's kind of getting more deep. And I thought, okay, every day, it's probably today. You know, and they're like, please come back tomorrow. So if they ask me to come back, it's my job. They Why do you, you know, think they wanted you there? I think looking back and just talking about it now, I think they wanted, they kind of each thought that I was going to somehow validate for them. Hmm. Yes, you were. You were the one he really loved. The other three don't matter. Like they, each one of them thought something like a big revelation to confirm what they always wanted to be told was going to happen and it wasn't going to happen. And I'm like, oh, I really can't say that. I don't know. I don't know the stories and the history. Well, let me tell you the story. Our wedding, da, da, da. And then they're showing me pictures and then one brings this little dog in that's like yipping at everyone else, like, you know, really like (gasps) mad at the other. It was just like bonkers. It just never stopped. And then they started all on the bed with him. They're all oh, laying Lord. on him. John, John, <laughs> Peggy, marry us again right now. <laughs> yeah. Like the second one was like, marry us again right now. And then the current wife's like, he's mine. He's married to me. You can't want So then it just started blowing up. It just ended. Did it like, ever get heated? Like, did they ever argue with each other? It got heated and it was weird because it got heated and then they'd go, but I love you, you know, to each other. I mean, it was just like, this oh, is crazy. This my. is crazy. It was so dysfunctional. And I thought, this guy created some kind of chaos. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how does this play out? How is this even possible? If the, Wouldn't it just be... The wife you're with now, right? Wouldn't you want peace around you? Wouldn't mm. you want? So it's that. That's that. You know, you you die as you live. So we just had these women fighting over him, you know, and just every day, like you know, the burka bag or whatever, you know, just kept like it just they they just tried to be more and more beautiful towards to each other, like the competition. Exactly, probably how the holidays felt, how their lives. Yeah, there felt. you go. Perfect. Just, exactly. And he's completely unaware and unalert and, yeah. you know, going through his death process and this chaos is still going on around him. Right. Oh, And gosh. one took like her finger in the champagne and put it on his lips. Here, oh. honey, here's some champagne. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, which is fine. I know. Right? I don't know why it's I fine. feel so judgy right now, but, but I was like, <laughs> oh. But, uh. but I felt so bad for them too. You know what I'm saying? I felt as bizarre as it was, this man is dying. He's dying. They all loved him. They were all married to him at some point. And what I got from it is that none of them got what they wanted. Oh, yeah. None of them got what they wanted in their marriage to him. No one got, no one was told what they've been wanting to be told. And they thought this is going to be the deathbed confession that they're going to hear exactly what they, each one 
thought they'd hear exactly what they wanted to hear from him all along. You know, I should have never left you. You were my true love. Whatever he was, whatever they had in their fantasy and yeah. what they hoped, that's what was they were sticking out for. And it took him so long to die. It was a really long process. Ooh, I wonder. Oh, that's that was a really long process. How long? It was like a week. Oh, yeah. From being. Yeah. Usually when you get to that point, it's it like goes a, what, a, a day little, or two. Yeah. He was at that point where the doc and the nurse and stuff were like, yeah, we think it'll probably be within a day or two now. So wait, Peggy, were you, how often were you coming to watch this? Every day. <gasps> wait, you were going to. So I went like seven times. Okay. Did on like put chaplain, like put your collar to the side <laughs> for just a minute. Were you kind of not enjoying this, but like enthralled by what was happening? Or were you just strictly like, I'm going, I'm going to do my job, I'm going to leave? Or were you like, what is happening? I, I was very, I'm super like, I, I love psychology. Mm. I love to understand where people's psychology comes from, right? And I really love to understand like, what does this death mean? And how can I get information about everyone involved in this through the interactions, through the dynamics of who's around and so I was fascinated, but I just, it was kind of interesting because the more bonkers they got, the more compassion I had. Okay. So I yeah. started to get very like, this is really painful. For all of them. You know, the facades that they're coming in and they look fantastic and it's all this money and all that kind of stuff. It it was really cracking, mm. you know? <laughs> and one of them's makeup even got really bizarre, like it was almost clownish. <laughs> Like she was like, I'm fine. I'm okay. He loves me the most. And it was like the blush and the oh, lips and stuff. And gosh. I thought, oh, she's not even really aware mm-hmm. of herself right now. She doesn't know where she's going within herself. You know what I mean? So she's interesting. just making itself, herself better. Right. And none of them are at peace or finding peace. And he's like fast asleep. He's like, compl- yeah. which is probably, I'm not making... Any judgments is probably yeah. how he was in his life, like kind of checked out, a little bit tuned out maybe, and all this chaos of women around him. And here he is quiet and half asleep, and they're all like plugging the holes in the boat and having panic attacks. Exactly. Which and he was probably, probably how he really lived. the way he lived. Right? Oh. And from everything I could gather, yeah. to be at that level of success and stuff, um, you have to have a very empowered ego, let's say, right? You yeah. really have to be someone that can just go get it and, you know, get out of your way all the time. So I think that he he was quite a character. Right. And, uh, you know, there can be moments where there's reconciliation in the end, right? There can be, right? Like you can yes. have that. Like I've, I'm sure you've seen that. But I guess if you don't get something from someone when they're alive – the odds of you getting it from them as they're dying is pretty slim to none, which these women did not get. They did not get. It's Um, just more magical thinking, right, Nikki? Everyone wants that sort of, listen, kiddo, I really loved you. I'm sorry for what I did. I wish I could have been a better dad. I wish I could have done this. I wish, you know, all these things. And you just go, oh my gosh. Like you you want the release and the peace that that person that's dying is going to get. Right, right. Right. And I think terms of endearment, going back to the movie, it 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 had some reconciliation, but it still felt a little bumpy. And that's why I liked right. it. But this guy, this just actually now I, I know I was kind of laughing about the women and, and you yeah. know, making light, but like 
what he left, the mess he left behind, right? Right. With these four women. With these four women. Whew. It was I'm, really, it yeah. was really, um, I felt very sad for them. And then, you know, when he died, when he did die, I was there. Oh. And they were all there. And it was really intense grief. It was super dramatic. They were all just, you know, oh, oh, no, you know, and hanging on him and kissing on him and stuff like that. And he was just like surrounded. And I think so much of the grief was that they didn't get what they wanted. You know, they'd been competing with each other for, I mean, just think of the first wife. Right. Her whole life she's been competing with these other women. And and it made me really, you know, and I, and I, I really went in and, and I hugged them all and at different times and I spoke to them all at different times and and I think I just realized they didn't get what they wanted. Mm. And it's sad. You know, so sometimes yeah. you tell yourself a story to get through it. Yeah. Right. Like, I've done that. Yeah. But I never thought of your chaplain work of being anything like, you know, going to a mansion to deal with four wives and a, you know, guy that's half alive and you're watching like th- the show unfold. You're like, what? But yeah. life is messy, right? But I think it's life interesting that you are who you are and you die who you are. That's fascinating. And you're sure this was like, they were all there for like emotional confirmation, right? Who mm-hmm. mattered most, not about money and who's left in the will or any of that. You know, when I first got there, of course, when I took this this place in, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, and that was me being judgy. That was me being judgy. And then seeing all these wives, that was me being totally judgy. And I really think it was for the emotional because they were all cared for. I mean, they were all taken care of. It wasn't that. So it made me realize it was really, it really is, it doesn't matter if you're a gazillionaire or if you're, you know. Right. It's, It's, that is really that human longing for we want to hear what we wished we could have heard before they die. We want that that new life and that exit that they take to be one that's a new life for us, a new restoration, a new beginning for us to heal. Do you think any of them got that? No. Mm. I don't think any of them got it. What did he get? How do you think he was feeling? Was <laughs> he just fine? He was fine on his morphine. <laughs> He was fine. It was interesting, you know, and that was one of those cases where I thought, gosh, that would have been really cool to meet him sooner. Yeah. To kind of pick apart him. and dig in a little bit. Because I was just seeing the artifacts of his life, right, through these women, basically. Why do you think that they thought they were going to get this, like, one thing that they never got from him before? Well, I think they're all still connected to him, Right. That was kind of the interesting part to me because, like you're saying, like, why would you hang around your ex husband's life so much? Yeah. So that showed me they were. You want something? Oh yeah. Right. You're in the. You're in this for something, and just the way they were topping each other. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, he loved me more. Like they, they were thinking, oh, the chaplain's going to do the job. The chaplain's going to fix this, the longing and the pain and the, you know the emptiness that I still feel from this relationship that I'm never going to get, she'll tell me, right? So you you regress when you're in this place of 
incredible need. And sometimes when you're around people that are dying, you sort of emotionally regress. And so sometimes it brings out the worst and the best in people. And regress to like what, your younger self or worse yeah, version um, of self? Yeah, you emotionally regress. You regress, So you're okay. kind of, you're just... You're just asking, you just need people to boo you and you need people to remind you of things so you can move through the hard moment. And I could not tell them, he loved you the most. He loved you the most. You're right. You should have stayed married. I mean, that's not my role. And I have no idea what's what this, you know, I have no idea what <laughs> Were this Were you freaking thought. out at all? Like, in, like, be honest with me, in the moment of this batshit crazy stuff going on and cracked makeup and wailing and flailing around of like, he loved me more, marry us again, marry us again. I was the most important. Yeah. Did you ever go, I got to get the fuck out of here? <laughs> Did you? I, I'm one of these people when things get really blown up, I go, mm. Got it. Ooh, you're a good one to have around. I you want to come down. to my family holidays? Yeah. <laughs> if the ship is sinking, you want to stand by me because I'm going to be cool. <laughs> and so I tried my very best. I'd leave there just like, ooh, I'm tired. I'm really tired. <laughs> you know, that was a workout. That was a spiritual workout. Oh. And I prayed for all of them and oh. I prayed for him and... You know, but I don't know how they're doing today. I don't know what happened with Interesting. The, yeah. I hope that they are not living in that space and that they move forward and get out of it. And don't repeat the cycle, right? Uh-huh. We can all learn from it. We can learn from it. Well, I said that. And as I said it, I was like, what What are we learning from this? Tell me what we're learning from this. Somebody please help me. <laughs> don't marry rich people? I don't know. No, I thought no, that was the goal. you can marry rich people. <laughs> you can marry rich people. As my mom's advice is, it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich man as a poor man. <laughs> Thanks, mom, because I'm three, and that's really helpful right now. Um, I'm not kidding. These last moments are really interesting. Are there any stories that you have that, like, I don't know, where, where it worked out fine, or it was kind of fun or funny, like... They were a great person, had some flaws, and they died a great person and had some yeah. flaws. Yeah, I had this guy in hospice that was just, he was so cool. The Buddhist chain smoker. Wait, he had what? such a nice day. He was a Buddhist <laughs> he was, chain smoker? He oh, oh. Peggy, what are we doing? We're oh. chanting. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm evoking one of my favorite patients. Let's call, let's call him Bodhi. Wait, he was a Buddhist that's a great chain, chain smoker. smoker. I oh. know, sounds a little, sounds like, a little uh, juxta position. Position, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, tell me about this. He was so cool. I walked in. He was in a facility, and then he was going home to go on hospice. And I walked in. And I walked in his room, and I said, "Hi, hi, Bodhi. I'm Peggy. Hmm. I'm a chaplain." And he said, "Hello, Peggy. I'm dying." Oh. <laughs> and, and I said, "You are." And he said, yeah. And I said, well, how do you feel about that? And he said, I have smoked several packs of cigarettes since I was about 13 years old. Wow. And I have lung cancer. Mm. And I'm going to die. And he said, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I knew it was going to probably kill me, and now it is. Wow. And I said, wow, that's amazing that you've just arrived and landed in this. And, and he said, I've accepted it. And he said, I love smoking. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. I can't wait to get out of here so I can have a cigarette. Oh, my gosh. He got out. He went home. And so I visited him at home. 
And when I got there, he had this lovely wife and these two kids, these sons, and they were like hanging outside, drinking tea, and he was smoking. (laughs) He was just smoking nonstop. (laughs) And he just, he was the smoker that's like, you know, they just love it. They're like, you can almost just hear them going, yum. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I come from a family of smokers. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. That are just like, I mean, the way they breathe it and everything, it's like art. It's almost like performance art. Yeah. And so they're so in love with this cigarette. So I remember the last time I saw Bodie, I went to his beautiful house and we went into the backyard, into that California backyard that you just love, yeah. right? With that thick, blady grass that I love to put my toes in. And we were sitting out in the backyard and we sat on like the stoop. And his kids were around, kind of coming and going, just being present. And then his wife came out and brought the most amazing tea for us. And so we sat on the stoop and we were just hanging out. We were just being present with each other. And we sat there and we just talked. And he went for a cigarette and he said, oh, where's my lighter? And it was over on the side by me. So I grabbed the lighter and I said, I'll light this for you. You know, I picked it up and he... I lit a cigarette, and he said, thank you, my friend. And I said, you're welcome, my friend. And he touched my hand, you know, and he was so dear. And he took this huge, incredible breath in. He just had this, and he was just that kind of beautiful smoker. I know that sounds <laughs> no, I kind of know what you mean. I know. Like, and he did this. <sighs> and that was the last time I saw him. He died two days later. He was cool, Bodhi. Bodhi was cool. I just love that he uh, he lived as a Buddhist chain smoker, and he died a Buddhist chain smoker. Yes, like, he, he died as he lived. Exactly. And he entirely owned the consequence of what he did. He knew that this was most likely the outcome, right? Yeah. It would kill him. Wow. And he just was completely okay with that. He just rested in that truth and just lived until he died. Oh, Nikki, I have got another one for you. (laughs) You're going to totally love this woman. She died exactly like she lived, like to the very last minute. She was fabulous. Okay. She was amazing. She was like 90, I don't know, 91, something like that. And she was a young Hollywood starlet, you know, back in the days of like Clark Gable and Jimmy Stewart and all these people, right? Like okay. the, the big movie stars from way back. Yeah. And she had all these photos of them and, you know, she had this fabulous wig. She was always... <laughs> With the wig and the outfit and the matching shoes and the bag and everything like that. And she was on hospice. So I went to her house and we would sit outside and we would talk and she would tell me all the stories about all these movie stars and, oh, I was the background here. I danced in that number, in that picture, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And she looked at me and Mm -hmm. she goes, Peggy, are you wearing falsies? Falsies. Falsies. Eyelashes. Eyelashes. <laughs> she goes, honey. And I said, no, they're they're real. And she goes, oh, no, you're fabulous. She goes, what, I, what kind of mascara is that? What is that? What is that? I go, Lancome. 
So she's like Lancome lady, right? Yeah. Lancome lady. And I said, they're Lancomes. She said, what kind of Lancome? Call my son. Because her son was like the caretaker, all that, bringing the food, all that stuff. And she's like, call him now. And so I'm like, okay. We called him and she's like, you need to go to Macy's and get me some Lancome. Like she wanted it. She was like. On hospice. On hospice. (laughs) Bring it to me today. And I was like, wow. You know, and I just laughed with her. She was really interesting. She had all these Hollywood stories and who was this guy and who was, you know, all of this gossip from way back and stuff. Love all that (laughs) stuff. So I was totally into it. It was fun. And then she could not let go. She's dying and she could not let go of the beauty and the trying to be more beautiful and stuff. And she said, oh, honey, you're fabulous. You're in great shape. What do you do? She's 91. She's dying. Still she's fighting. Like, still, still vain fighting. as she's can be. Vain as can be. And I said, well, actually, I do Pilates right now. And she's, Pilates? Ooh, because I have this little paunch right here, and I want to get rid of it. You like know, as it's if bothering. she's going to do something like that? I oh, know. my gosh. But she just could not, could not, could not let go of it. And so her son, who would constantly take care of her and bring her whatever, and, you know, he was just, he was so lost because he really wanted her to come into a reality place. He just couldn't convince her. And he's like, here's some insure, like a protein drink or something. And she's like, I want chopped liver with onions, and I want you to, you know, go to Muzo and Frank's and get me their pasta. Yeah, like... (laughs) She was just like directing this poor oh, kid wow. around. And he, well, he wasn't a kid. He was right. quite old because yeah. his mom's 91, but he was old. <laughs> I get it. But he was just like, you know, at her beck and call, right? And so one day she uh, is showing me the pictures of all. We're going again, looking at a little memorabilia. And she had her framed headshots from the oh, 30s gosh. and 40s up on the wall. Oh. And she, you know, gorgeous, just oh, the hand. By the face, looking away, you know, all that kind of stuff. Old-timey photos. Old-timey. Black and white. Oh, she was so gorgeous, you know, and she loved that I told her how gorgeous she was all the time. She just ate me up, and she's like, oh, you're fabulous, honey. I love you. You're fabulous. And then one day when she's showing me the pictures of these old stars, and, oh, this person died this way. This person died this way. Oh, it was quite a scandal. She was only 30, all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, where do you think they are? Where did you think they went? Mm. And she was like, Oh, uh, I, well, I don't think Cary Grant's in heaven, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> like, you know, like that kind of thing. But then it kind of was like, mm. and I thought, I got to start walking with her a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I said, I wonder who you'll meet when you get there. Oh, Peggy, you're so good. And I think she was like, um, you know, she was just a little like landed mm-hmm. and kind of like, oh, uh, uh. And she wasn't really happy with that question. Mm. She sort of wanted to just get back to the other things. But it did start the conversation. And she started talking about what what it might be like for her. And it might be glamorous. And it might, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. She wasn't religious at all. But she had this, like, everything in her life was Hollywood. She just wouldn't, she couldn't let go of the fantasy that, of being a starlet, even at 91. Right. So it was just fascinating. And she finally died. It was a very long process. I think the hospice had to renew. Like if you go past six months, you renew again. Oh, really? Because you're like, well, they didn't die in the six months, right? And so she, she died and had this like fabulous kind of laying back with her arm back and her face to the side like, 
<sighs> like a headshot. Like a headshot. <laughs> right. There you go. Exactly. She died in this sort of glamorous, and she was wearing, and she, I swear to God, there were a couple times and I came over and she had those, like those furry heels. No, no. Yes. No. It was fantastic. Oh my God. And I was like, I love those. Oh, honey, yes, they're fantastic. I've had them forever. She and she was wearing like these vintage things that were fantastic. Like she took great care of everything in her life. Mm. Her body, her hair, her everything, and her clothes. To the very last, last minute. Minute. Wow. And she died in this fantastic pose. And she looked great. But she and the coolest thing happened. And you're totally going to get this because you're so woo-woo with me. Okay. But after she died, I went into Trader Joe's, and I'm pushing my cart, getting my goodies, and this guy is looking at me, and he was kind of this fabulous flamboyant guy, Mm -hmm. and he was watching me a little bit. And then he came over to me, and he goes, excuse me. I said, yes. And he goes, you are fabulous. (gasps) I know. I know. I I love it. I got chills. Yeah, and I was like, it was just out of nowhere. Mm, and it was so her. It was her. It was so her. And I was like, Lancome lady, <laughs> you made it. <laughs> Wherever you were trying to get to, you got there. Oh, oh I loved her. Honey, you are fabulous. Oh, yeah. And fabulous. so was she. And even though I have a little sadness around her passing, like, oh, God, she she was fighting it, right? Her vanity and holding on. And But you know what? As long as it doesn't hurt anybody around you, I'm sure her son was dealing with his own stuff, right? But like sometimes you just die exactly the way you live, which exactly. is she was just so vain and she probably was, was wearing so, Lancome until the final. She did. Minutes. She right. was a full makeup. She looked fabulous. Oh, you know, and who knows the inner, the inner world that happened in the in the way and in the processes of actually letting go. I don't know, but she absolutely died the way she lived. So here's a question for you. It's kind of deep, okay. Yeah. After Lancome Lady? Yeah, after Lancome Lady. We're going to talk about... So, if... And I believe people can change. Yeah. I believe there is room for resolution, a room for apologies. Oh, yeah. It doesn't happen often that way. Right. So, if you don't get what you need from a person who is dying, is it okay to ask for an apology, mm. to ask... For those tough things, is that okay to do? Because, or do you just let someone die and call it a day and go, "Hey, this is just this is who you are"? Or do you try right, to get that right. moment? Like, what have you seen? What have you experienced? And what is okay? Well, I think you know. Again, it's so nuanced because every relationship, right? But I think that I've definitely seen people really confront people. I really can. I've seen you know, children and spouses and friends confront the person that's dying, mm-hmm. and ask for what they want. And it doesn't mean you're going to get it, but if you can do it gently and just, you know, is there anything you'd like to say to me, Dad, that you were never Ooh, able to say to me way. before? Yeah. Because we might not have a lot of time to talk, and I'd really like to hear if there's something you want me to know. Ooh. Or, you know, to try mm-hmm. to go in that way, but I've I've been in the room where people are like, you know what, you were an asshole, and I've and you deserve, you know, I deserve to hear an apology from you now, and I'd really like for you. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. You know, like it doesn't happen, but sometimes it does, and sometimes it's the tiniest little look, or touching the face, mm-hmm. or you know, I 
did love you. I always did. I'm sorry I couldn't say it. I've seen those moments. Mm. It's really profound and quite healing. But I think it is okay to ask for what you want. Sometimes people would like to be asked because they don't know. They're so vulnerable. They're getting ready to transition. There's so much going on within them. And they can be so afraid that they're just kind of buckling in, like oh, Lancome Lady, you know, she's yeah. buckling in. Maybe if her son could just say, Mom, I need you to be with me for just a few minutes and yeah. I need you to understand, I know you're dying. Is there something that you can tell me? Do you need to hear something from me? Mm-hmm. You know, and what what can you share with me now? Can you help me? God, this is so helpful, Peggy. You know, These just are beautiful me. ways to phrase things and say yeah, things. Yeah, right. I probably wouldn't be so lovely. I'd be like, so you want to say something? You got something to say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm tell you Is there that. an apology brewing? Because I feel it. I, feel, I don't know why I'm a child, super Italian right now. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> you're Jersey. <laughs> from Jersey. That's hilarious. These or are... you could write it in a letter. You can write oh. it in a letter and ask the chaplain or ask somebody oh. that's more neutral to read to the read. letter. <gasps> Peggy, I never even thought of that. These are yeah. really good tools. I had one of those. And the sun was like, I can't do this. And he had to leave. And the and I read it to the dad. So I sat there and I read it to the dad. Mm. And this old World War II vet, tough-ass guy, broke down mm. and was like, oh, it was hard on him. I don't know. He just needed that thing. Yeah. Huh. You can ask your chaplain to do this, for sure. Didn't know that. Third party, somebody neutral, wow. right? So, I mean, there is an opportunity for reconciliation in moments like that if you lean into it. But most likely, you are going to die the way that you lived. So the lesson here is to live good. Live good. <laughs> like, live good. Be good. Apologize for all yeah. your shit. This is good. This was juicy This is juicy. This I feel like good. I need a cigarette <laughs> and an old Hollywood martini. <laughs> We need it in that old timey glass, yes, right? The tiny little ones they had that were so glorious. I want one of. Those. Okay, let's. I'll, I'll look for those. Yeah, let's get those. 1940s You want martini. me to go find a 1940s vintage glass? It's probably four thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, Patty. I have some. I'll bring them. Bring over. them. Bring yours. <laughs> all right. So let's cheers to all of the beautiful deaths, all of the messy deaths, and I guess don't wait. Until you're dying to apologize for the shit you've done and try to live good so you yeah. can die good. <laughs> Is that the lesson? Yeah. Well, if we die how we live, then I guess I'll be doing a podcast from the grave because that's all that I do. <laughs> from heaven, honey. Right, from yeah. heaven. <laughs> you're oh, not stuck in no grave. You're moving. <laughs> you got somewhere to go. Oh, I love you, Peggy. I love Cheers. you. Cheers. Hey, we super appreciate you listening today. We do. And if you happen to have a story or you want to share your thoughts, just shoot me a DM at Nikki Boyer on Instagram. And if you like our show, give us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find our show. And follow us wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, Near Death has bonus content where we get a little more personal at our martini after party. So join us. For that bonus content, subscribe to Lemonada Premium and Apple Podcasts. In addition to all of the content you'll get from our show, you can also unlock an array of bonus content from all the other Lemonada shows. Check out the free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on the little lemon logo in the middle of the screen. Near Death is a Dying for Media production. New episodes drop every Wednesday. 
The show is hosted by Reverend Peggy and me, Nikki Boyer. Producer is Katie Amanda Keen. Tommy Fields is head of audio for Dying for Media. Nikki Boyer and Kevin Sabi are executive producers for Dying for Media. Executive producer is Reverend Peggy. Ad sales and distribution by Lemonada Media. And for more information on today's episode, make sure to check out our show notes. And thanks again for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you. See you next time. Thank you.